What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 172. And I'm going to venture out of my comfort zone just a little bit here. Every once in a while, I like to dip my toe into the fighting game pool, which is a pool that I cannot fucking swim in to save my life. But I know many in our community like the games, like fighting games, like the genre. They respect it all. I respect the art. I just can't fucking paint it. I cannot. Fuck, I suck at fighting games so hard. But I know you guys like them. So every once in a while, I like to go out and I like to get a guest that have a little bit of an idea what they're talking about so that they can cover for me. Basically the same strategy I utilize every day of my life. Just, you know, find someone that knows what they're doing and ride their coattails. Uh, And it's not that I don't like or respect fighting games. I really do. I'm just really... It's fucking unbelievable how bad I am at them. Like, you'd swear I've never played a video game before in my life when I try to play fighting games. And I've been playing games almost every day for 30-some years. I just, they don't compute with my brain at all. Um, Now, having said all that, this one's a, a little bit different. I still suck at this game, but I played the fuck out of this one growing up. It's the only fighting game I owned as a child. We're talking Mortal Kombat 2. I specifically own the Super Nintendo version, but we're just talking about the game in general across all platforms. Uh, Returning to the show this week by popular request is my buddy Mike the Ref. Uh, He was my guest a couple of months ago when we talked Killer Instinct here on the show. And this time around, we're talking about how badass Melina is, how impossible fucking fatalities are to pull off, maybe mixing in a little bit of blood, some guts. Johnny Cage is tossed in there for fun. God, I love Johnny Cage. Uh, I really try hard on the fighting game episodes. I I just, I want to do your genre justice. So I hope you guys dig this podcast and I hope you think, you know what, for a guy that just talks out of his ass all the time, that was a passable podcast. That's what we're shooting for here. And we're going to get there in just a minute because speaking of talking out of my ass, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. It's funny, when I was a kid, I would hear the phrase talking out of my ass, and I assumed that meant farting. That's And then I saw Ace Ventura, and now I get it. You really can talk out of your ass. Do you have a mint? I, I love that movie. Anyway, uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are a little long, but, they, but they're fun. They're not boring. It's like we're the first couple of fights in like a, a fighting game single-player campaign where you're just climbing the ladder of opponents. It's This is the easy part. Just relax, kick back, and just there's no stress here. Uh, we have merchandise, all kinds of merch, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all rocking badass art. You can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com. We have Remember the Game-centric merchandise. We have uh, Remember our, this or Never Forget the Sega Saturn shirt. We have our Console War Veterans shirt. We've got our video game mashups lineup. There's a lot of really cool stuff. It's all drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. So if you're interested in supporting the show, that's a great way to do it. Remember the game podcast.com. And of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always just support us on Patreon. That's your best bet for just two bucks a month. You're going to get exclusive access to two additional podcasts every week. You'll get my gaming discussion show expansion pass every Thursday and my gaming news podcast game patch every Friday. You'll also get instant access to well over a hundred bonus podcasts that are already sitting there in our archives for just two bucks a month, two podcasts a week. 
That's fucking huge. This past week on Expansion Pass, uh, we talked about scary video game enemies, as you do around Halloween. And it was really fun. Uh, Having said that, well, it was fun. It also made me never want to play a few video games again, including Silent Hill 2. I've never played it, but you guys have fucking ruined it for me. Uh, And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, The Scariest Video Game Enemies. Another enemy from Resident Evil that made its way onto my list. Uh, and this one hurts because none none of you brought it up. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's one thing to go on, I was going to say national TV, but this is not, this is international, but it's not TV. But either way, uh, it's one thing to put yourself out there on the internet and be like, hey, I'm scared of this. But when other people are like, yeah, like the chainsaw guy, he is fucking scary. I'm like, yeah. So at least it's not just me. I'm not the only one that finds this fucking scary. But when nobody else writes in about something you find scary, that hurts your that hurts your, your confidence, your self-esteem just a little bit. The fucking bugs in Resident Evil 7. Oh, God. I'm terrified of bees. Bees might be my biggest... Well, heights. Heights are my biggest fear in life. But after heights, it's probably bees, wasps, hornets, any bug that fucking... Oh, Jesus, fuck. I hate bugs. I hate bugs like that so much. They're the worst enemy in Resident Evil 7, in my opinion. It got to the point, if any of you were watching my Twitch streams while I was playing through Resident Evil 7, when I went into the areas where you saw the giant fucking bug nests on the wall and you'd fucking hear them all buzzing, I had to take my headphones off. So that was last week's episode, and now for this week's episode, uh, I want to I want to talk about the Steam Deck, Valve's little handheld PC console thing. I've seen PC Master Racers that are pumped as shit about this thing. I've seen PC Master Racers that are writing it off and saying it's stupid. I don't want it. As a non-PC gamer, I'm intrigued by it, but I'm also not sure about it. So I just want to. I kind of want to just talk about whether or not people want this thing. Do they think it's going to succeed? Why are you interested or not interested in it? Stuff like that. So again, that'll, that'll go live tomorrow for all of our Patreons. And again, two bucks a month gets you instant access to that episode, plus all of our new ones, plus our old ones, plus access to our Discord server, the chance to uh, vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, which is running right now, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts, and you get a shout-out here on the show and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons. There's a lot of them this week. Adam Matcher, AsClown317, Phil Hawkins, Aaron Price, Welsh Destroyer, Kevin Basanti, Meat on the Bone, Slim Diggity, Dachabi VT, I'm sure I fucked that one up, Ragnarok 90, Ryan Stank, Eric Henning, Andrew Lima, Tomicus, Sean Dillinger, and Punk Rock Geek. Holy fuck. Thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. And just before I finish my Patreon plug and we get into the podcast, we rolled out a ton of new perks and new tiers this week. You can now watch live streams of the recording of all of my Patreon-exclusive podcasts. You get access to uh, Patreon-exclusive Let's Play videos. You get exclusive access to streams where I'm playing retro games for future podcasts. I've actually been streaming Ocarina of Time exclusively for some of our Patreons. That's not at the $2 level, but it isn't expensive. It's all over there. Tons of value for your dollars. So if you're considering supporting us, 
You like what we do, you want more podcasts, patreon.com slash remember the game. There's something over there for everybody. Thank you all so much. I also have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash member the game. I hop in there once or twice a week whenever I can. All right? Good stuff. That's all the blowing myself. Let's blow some of you guys with our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Let's blow. And there's something I want to talk about first before we get into the new comments. Uh, last week, Master Boyg wrote in on Patreon saying that he bought the game My Friend Peppa Pig only because I hyped it up on Game Patch and I felt horrible because I was just fucking around. I don't give a shit about that game. I was just fucking around saying everyone needs to play My Friend Peppa Pig. So I reached out to Master Boyg and apologized and said, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't like, I hope you didn't feel like I ripped you off. I was just fucking around. Then he messaged me and said he was just fucking with me. He didn't actually buy the game. He just thought it'd be funny to say that he bought it. And to his credit, I bought it hook Line and sinker. Fucking tip of my backwards cap, Boyg. Well played. Better played than Peppa Pig. Well done. All right. So I just, I had to get that out there because I've had messages from people being like, I can't believe that dude bought my friend Peppa Pig. He didn't. He just made me look like a chump. Well done. Uh, Evan O'Brien wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey Adam, since this week we're talking about a fighting game, I would like to know how you feel about the mashup fighting game market and whether or not it's getting oversaturated. Case in point, Smash Brothers has been going strong for years. Injustice slash Mortal Kombat tosses in characters from other franchises all the time. We have the Capcom versus games. Now Nickelodeon got in on their game with All-Star Brawl. There's a WB fighting game in the works that is going to include the ultimate instinct shaggy meme as a fighter among other WB characters like Batman man rick sanchez bugs bunny and gandalf to name a few is there uh is it there is there still going to be room for all of these or are they even wanted in the first place so i might be the wrong guy to answer this because again i'm not the world's biggest fighting game fan the only fighting game i play with any i don't even say regularity but with any at all really with any frequency i guess is smash brothers ultimate and i only play smash a couple of times a year uh, it's a fun. I like that game. Um, but you're right. There is a lot of these mashup games. Now, having said this, listen, I wrote Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl off. I was like, well, I don't understand why anyone gives a fuck about this game. This is stupid. This game is going to be 10 bucks by Boxing Day. And apparently it sold pretty well and people were really pumped up about it. So what the fuck do I know? So is there, are they even wanted? And is there going to be room for all of them? I think both of those questions just come down to the almighty dollar. I guess we'll find out. I'm glad. I, w- I won't lie to you. If I had you know, if I had a million dollars to invest in a fighting game uh, or in a video game, I would not be putting it into one of these fucking mashup games because I do think there's too many. I think it's kind of like Battle Royales where the the market's becoming oversaturated and certain ones are going to rise to the top and the rest of them are going to get left behind and fucking buried. Uh, but I'm not really right. I'm not ready to write the genre off because people wouldn't keep making them if they weren't selling. Having said that, I think Smash Brothers is the crown jewel, and I think everyone is just seeing what Smash Brothers has done and being like, "Well, we can cash in on that. We can cash in on that." So I don't particularly care about them. I don't. They're not wanted in my house, but someone's buying them. If they keep making them, someone's fucking buying them. And to get a hold of these licenses, like I mean, I know that like some of them own the licenses and stuff like that. But like these games aren't cheap to make. So they've, they've got to be selling if people are making them. But I, 
I agree with you, Evan. I there's, there's fucking there's a lot of them now, and I yeah I at some point that bubble's gonna burst, just like it's done with every other genre ever. At some point the bubble will burst, and some game's gonna get fucked over. Remember PlayStation All Stars? That game had a lineup, and that game didn't fucking work. I know some people are gonna argue with me about it, but that game didn't live at all. So I I don't know. Not for I still can't get over Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. I can't believe how many people are excited about that game. I'm not shitting on any of you for it. I just I really thought. That nobody would care about that game, but what the fuck do I know? Apparently, this shows just how little I know about fighting games. Uh, Black Silver wrote in on Patreon and said, I, I run the idea of starting a podcast through my head every now and then, and then I hear my voice and I think, fuck that. When starting your comedy career or your podcast, did you ever have that same thought? Yes, I had that thought right, right, right this second as I'm talking. You're never gonna like the sound of your own voice, Black Silver. I promise. I've heard um, uh, Howard Stern say that he doesn't like the sound of his own voice and that guy is maybe like the most prolific radio DJ fucking ever, whatever you want to call him. Uh, no, I, I, truthfully, when I started stand up, I was worried nobody would book me because my voice was so annoying and literally not, I get messages from people that say how much they like our podcast and I just can't believe it. Cause I'm like, dude, my voice is nails on a chalkboard fucking horrible. So no, dude, don't to all of you, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or going into stand up or whatever, do not let the sound of your own voice bother you because you're the only one that hates it. I promise. It's, it's everybody else. The way you sound on tape is how you sound to everybody else. It's just in your head. That's not what you sound like. So don't, don't stop because of that. I, I get it, but don't stop because of that. You never, it never goes away. Uh, Mecca Robo Hamster. I love that handle. Wrote in and said, happy Halloween, Adam. Me too, hamster. So I don't think anyone's asked you about this yet, but what are your thoughts on Doom? There's a new update that dropped and it added horde mode. There's just something relaxing about decimating waves of demons. I'm not good enough to play on Nightmare yet, but I'm getting there. So I assume you're talking Doom Eternal, which is the newest Doom game. Uh, I'm Because I like I like Doom as a whole. I don't play them religiously, but I've played almost all of them and I like the Doom games. Uh, I fucking love Doom Eternal. Love that game. I only, I beat the campaign and I haven't gone back. Cause I just have too much else to play, but, um, I, 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 it was one of the runner ups for my game of the year last year. I think doom eternal is fucking superb. And if any of you are sitting out there and you're on the fence, pick it up. It's not just mindless shooting. There's actually some strategy. There's wave after wave after wave of enemy, but there's a lot of strategy and it's certain weapons work better on certain demons. You got to use melee attacks to refill like your, your fucking ammo. You got to use your chainsaw to refill your health. And it's, I I had an absolute fucking blast playing Doom Eternal. I love that fucking video game. I'd like to go back to it at some point. I, I just don't know if I'm going to ever have time, but I would like to. I think it's awesome. Uh, White Burrow wrote in and said, picked up Mario Party Superstars over the weekend. I remember back in the 64 and GameCube ga- days, there would always be a ton of meaningful unlocks in Mario games, but all characters and boards are just right there from the start uh, this time around. It was also the case with Mario Golf. It's not a big issue, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I, especially when it's something like a Mario Party where I don't want to have to play it solo. And I know you can unlock shit playing in multiplayer, but like, yeah, I mean, truthfully, when it's something like a game like that, I would rather you just give me everything out of the gate. Like, I won't lie to you. I know maybe some people would argue me, but like, I hate that you have to go around and unlock all the characters in Smash Brothers for certain modes, at least. Like, I just give me the I paid you full price. Just give me the fucking characters. If you want to put other shit behind, like the the playing to unlock them thing, then fine. But I I actually personally, by and large, prefer when everything is just unlocked and I can just play the game whenever I want. Uh, I had a couple of people write in too asking me if I had picked up Mario Party, the new Mario Party yet, and what I thought of it. I did not, so I don't have any thoughts on it. I might grab it at some point, 
but I have quite a bit to play right now, and I'm really into Back for Blood. That's been my online game. So um, for anyone that's wondering what I think, um, no opinions. I haven't played it yet. The reviews seem to be okay. Like the only real knock I've seen in reviews is that some people are shitting on the classic Mario Party game mechanics. But I think for us old school Mario Partiers, we want those fucking classic game mechanics. And I've also seen that they put a warning in saying not to burn a hole in the palm of your hand for some of those mini games, which I think is fucking hilarious. That's that's good stuff. I like that. Uh, where are we here? Aaron Price wrote in on Patreon and said, been slowly working my way through Metroid Dread. And I have to say, slowly working through Metroid Dread is the worst way to go about it. Every single time I go back after a few days of not playing, I completely forget where the hell I'm going or how anything works. Anyways, great work. I love the podcast. Discovered it sitting on a three-hour bus ride and have been listening to the backlog since. Well, thank you, Aaron, for that. Uh, I appreciate the listening. Use your goddamn three hour three hours on a bus. Holy Christ. Use your three-hour bus ride to play Metroid Dread fucking boom because i agree dude i played through metroid dread twice when it came out we have a review uh available to all our patreons in the archives i fucking love that game i've 100 it on normal and difficult or like hard difficulty but uh yeah that's metroid i mean metroidvanias as a whole uh are like they're like rpgs they're a hard genre to walk away from for a few days and then come back and try to figure out where the fuck you were going or what you have to do. And uh, yeah, I, I know it's not, I know not everybody has the luxury of just sitting down and putting a couple hours a night into a video game. I get that. But uh, I highly recommend if you're going to play Metroid Dread, have some time set aside to play it. It's not that it's a, like the longest game in the world, but to, to take four or five days off and then come back, I don't know how you continue. I And we've all been there. Everyone listening to this at some point has played a video game where you've come back after a break and been completely lost. Metroid Dread is fucking horrible for that. You need to be fresh in your mind. You need to be on the ball. So fucking use your... Skip my pod... Don't... I mean... I don't want to tell you not... Still download my podcast, Aaron. Maybe listen to them while you play Metroid. But use that three-hour bus ride to fucking get into Metroid. Don't try to do it uh, a few days apart from each other because you're going to be completely fucked. And uh, before we get to letter time, Chris Larkin wrote in and said, hey, Adam, what's up? Quick question. I was wondering what kind of music you like to listen to. Uh, I'm sure you're eclectic, but what would your top five styles of music be? Thanks. Uh, I actually primarily enjoy pop music. And some people, I've talked about this before. Some people are going to shit on me. I love like Taylor Swift. I like old school boy bands. I like Britney Spears. I love, I think Christina Aguilera is one of the greatest singers of all time. And I'm not trolling anyone if I'm going to be like, I'm just fucking with you guys. No, I really do love pop music. I like any kind of music that puts me in a good mood. Blink-182 is my favorite band ever. Uh, Limp Bizkit. Dude, their new album's fucking rad. If you've not checked out the new Limp Bizkit album, it's really fucking good. I'm a huge Offspring fan. Um, I don't like really hard, heavy shit. I, yeah. And I like some rap, but primarily pop music. I don't even know if I've got five genres. I like, I listen to almost everything, but pop music is by far my favorite. And then punk and like, like green day, some 41, you know, again, blink 182 offspring, that kind of stuff. And I'm telling you all right now, check out that new Limp Bizkit album. It's fucking really good. Way better than I expected it to be. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Johnny CCDC wrote it and said, Hey, Adam. So I have a family member that has randomly hooked me up with a PS5. That thing is fucking stolen, Johnny. Uh, this has literally fell into my lap. I didn't expect having access to a modern system like this at all. So I've been purposely in the dark regarding the system. Tell me, what are some games that I should grab first? And can you tell me a bit about the backwards compatibility for PS4 titles? I have games with downloaded content in them I want to see transitioned over before making the full switch if possible. Thanks for your insight. And I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty hyped 
hyped for sure. Yeah, you should be. Although you are playing with a stolen. There's no, it's a fucking stolen. I, I'm fucking dollars to donuts. I, I, I'm half serious, half not. Either, either, okay, either way, congratulations. Welcome to the world of PlayStation 5. Most PlayStation 4 games work, but transitioning shit over from your PS4 to your PS5 could be a fucking tire fire. I can't even really get into it because it seems like a game-by-game basis. It's fucking just, God, they made it so much harder than they fucking had to. I don't get it. Uh, but I, I did want to address games that you need to play to anyone out there that gets their hands on a PS five in the coming months, maybe over the holidays, uh, especially if you missed out on the PlayStation four generation, my top recommendation is to sign up for PlayStation plus because you get access to the PS plus collection, which is 20 PS four games that you can just download and play as much as you want. And there's some fucking gems in there. Um, it's honestly all you need for a while. It'll keep you busy. Bloodborne, Persona 5, Monster Hunter World are in there. I'm not going to speak to them because I haven't played them, but I know they're all incredibly popular games. Uh, God of War is in there. The Last of Us Remastered, Crash Insane Trilogy, Resident Evil 7, Uncharted 4, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone. Those are all included in that PS Plus collection as well. So just sign up for that and you're set. As far as some games that aren't in that collection, I would recommend Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And if you're looking for PS5 exclusives, Deathloop and Returnal are both fucking awesome. We have reviews of both of them in our Expansion Pass archives as well for all our patrons. Uh, but they're not for everyone. Those are both kind of funky games. So I recommend you do a little bit of homework before you plunk down full price on those. But hopefully that helps. There's a ton to play. You're in for a fucking treat. But get that PS Plus collection and you're fucking set for a while. Because there's not really, outside of Returnal, Deathloop, uh, Demon Souls and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. There's not a ton of PS5 exclusives right now. So catch up on some great PS4 games and just wait for the heavy hitters to start dropping next year. That's what I would do. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks for writing in. Thanks to everyone that write in. I get so many comments every week now. I can't get to all of them, but I get to as many as I can. I appreciate it. Uh, let's change things up and get into our Smash It segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third is a race from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. And we'll get there in just a minute. Uh, and I figured we're talking fighting games this week. So I went with three oddballs in the fighting game world. Because you can't put these up against like a Street Fighter or something because they're just going to get fucking smoked. We're talking Clay Fighter, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, and Power Stone. And I always hope the poll is going to be close. And this one was, but it was a two-horse race. The runner-up was to play Power Stone, remake Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, and erase Clay Fighter. And then the winner was the opposite. Play Clay Fighter, remake Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and erase Power Stone. Almost 70% of the votes we're remaking Tournament Fighters, and then it was a flip-flop between playing and erasing Power Stone and Clay Fighters, which is the right answer in either order. You have to remake Tournament Fighters. So let's see what a few of you have to say here before I tell you what the right answer is. Kyle Shreve wrote in and said, Remake Power Stone. It's a great game that got lost on the Dreamcast. Side note, just found my old Dreamcast and it works. Fucking A. Play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Honestly, I never played it, but getting rid of it would invoke Adam's ire. And then Trash Clay Fighters. It's an absolute travesty of a game anyways. Kyle, I love the idea that you were just like, I can't get rid of Tournament Fighters because Adam will fucking light me up. And you're right. And you avoided double secret probation by not erasing something with the Ninja Turtles in it. So well done. 
Joe Kirby wrote in and said, play Clay Fighters because it's a fun game as it is and it's chock full of the nostalgia we all need for a balanced gaming diet. I like that. Remake Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters because there's a dearth of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games on newer and or current gen hardware. Also, we need more variety in fighting games as well. I feel like all there is for fighters is Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Smash Brothers, and Injustice. And then finally, Axe Power Stone. I never heard of it, let alone played it. So sorry you're getting the cut. I hate to see Power Stone cut just because you haven't played it, but I will say you're right. We need more tournament or we need more Turtles games. And I just don't get how a Turtles Tournament Fighter remake wouldn't be fucking awesome. So I mean, yeah. I mean actually that's not the order I would go in, but it's very cl- I agree with you. I agree with all your logic. Sound logic. Uh, Mega Man 2 OG wrote in and said tough because I'd love a remake of both Power Stone and Ninja Turtles, but I'm going to play tournament fighters because I played it a lot on the Genesis back in the day and it's the turtles. I'm going to remake Power Stone. This was a really fun game that for sure just got lost to the Dreamcast. I played this one with buddies a lot. I'd love to see it revived. And then I'm going to erase clay fighters. No real loss here for me. I think I played a few minutes of it and off it went. Play-Doh is better. I love Play-Doh, but I don't know if I'd go as far as to say Play-Doh is better than a video game. I don't know about that. You are right, though. Power. I've never played Power Stone, but I always thought it looked rad, and it totally did. And I'm not shitting on the Dreamcast. I've talked many times about how I love the Dreamcast. But there are some games that kind of got lost on there, and you're right. That I think that was Power Stone was a victim of circumstance. Uh, DNA Gaming wrote in and said, Total baby mode for me on this one. Play Power Stone because it's one of the best arena fighters ever and one of the best Dreamcast games. Plus, who doesn't want to use Super Scion Want Tang? I have no idea what the fuck that is, but it makes me want to play Power Stone more. Remake Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Keep with the hand-drawn sprites. Add more characters like Metal-Headed Slash. Um... Keep in Armagon, flesh the game out and improve the content. Sorry, my notes froze on me there. And then Erase Clay Fighters, never played the game and honestly couldn't give two shits about it. Oof. Too many other good fighting games in the SNES to play. You're not wrong. Like, that is kind of part of the problem with Clay Fighters. Is like, I always thought the animation style of it was cool, but it was in a deep pool back in the fucking Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era. That was part of its problem couple more here. Welsh Destroyer said, Hey there, this is my first vote. And to be honest, I haven't played any of these games. However, playing by the rules. Thank you. I would play Ninja Turtles because it's Ninja Turtles. I'd remake Power Stone because it looks to be like a decent fighter, but I'd remake it with the Tekken style fighting style and then erase Clay Fighters because it just looks like a weak version of Mortal Kombat. Welsh, at this point, quite frankly, I mean no disrespect, but your opinions on what you'd play remake and erase are secondary to the fact that this was your very first time playing and you came out of the gate by saying, I need to respect the rules. You're fucking welcome around here, Welsh. Thank you very much. And then Rogue Agent said, play Ninja Turtles. It's a nice fighter, although I'd love to see an added roster. I'd even pay for DLC if it was possible. Remake Power Stone. Great four-player game on the Dreamcast. Hour of fun. And it would look sick in modern graphics. And Clay Fighters can fuck off. Bag of bollocks game. Awful visuals and characters. But I was a fan of the Claymates game. But I'd sacrifice this if it meant Clay Fighter was removed forever. I won't lie. I didn't realize so many people hated Clay Fighters. I didn't play it, but I always just thought the art style of it was so cool. I like Claymates too. Rogue agent. That's wild to me. I, I really didn't know that. Uh, 27% of you 
went the same route that I did, including Stupid Monkey, who wrote in and said, play Power Stone. Never heard of this one, but I'd be happy to try it out. Remake Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. The cast of mutated and non-mutated characters in the Turtles universe seems right up the fi- uh, ra- seems right up for a fighting game. Just give us the Archie comic wrestling outfits. No, don't do that. And then Erase Clay Fighter. I like the humor and style, but 63rd and a third is the far superior game, so toss it to, have to give the spotlight to the other two. So... I agree with most of your logic and I agree with the order 100% stupid monkey. Personally, I would play Power Stone. I'm sure that I would suck at it, but I just have such a soft spot for the Dreamcast. I just really feel like that console got done dirty and I want to try about almost anything that released on it just to at least give it a chance. So I'm going to play Power Stone. I'm going to remake Tournament Fighters because of course, this is the remake answer. You got to remake a Ninja Turtles game and who wouldn't love a good fighting game featuring all the characters from the Ninja Turtles universe? Like, this might be the one fighting game I'd get hardcore into. And then you add in all the foot soldiers that are fucking Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and Slash and etc. Go on and go. Oh my god, it'd be so much fun. And then I'm going to race Clay Fighters. And I like this game. I know I just said I can't believe so many people are racing it. I like this game a lot. I'm not going to shit on it. I never played it. I just love the art style of it so much and the old ads. Uh, but I'm spending my remake on Ninja Turtles and I want to play the Dreamcast game. Plus, we have Clay Fighters 63rd and 10th or whatever the fuck it's called on the 64th. So you can just play that instead if you want to. Thank you to everybody that wrote in. What have I been playing over the last 20 or 7 days, not 24 hours? The last 7 days. And then we'll get into uh, our Mortal Kombat 2 talk. I've been playing Back for Blood. Fucking love it. I've I've been looking for a new online game to play for so long and Back for Blood is it. I adore this game it's so much fun i've also been playing ocarina of time or ocarina of tim as we call it on nintendo 64 online on my switch uh very nostalgic for me but the controls suck and i'll die on that fucking hill and they're even worse on the switch uh but we're gonna be reviewing that in the coming weeks as a revisit so i had to get through it and then i actually been playing the campaign of halo 5 because i i never played the halo 5's campaign back in the day and i want to be ready for halo uh, infinite when it comes out in December. So I'm, I'm working my way through that. And I'll be honest, I'm only a few, I'm about halfway through and I don't get the hate right now. I know it takes a lot of shit from people, but it seems like a really fun game to me. I, I'm really enjoying the campaign of it so far. So we'll wait and see. Um, that's it. That's all I've been playing. Let's talk Mortal Kombat 2. And I won't lie to you guys. We got a lot of listener memories on Mortal Kombat 2 this week. Holy fuck. I'm just going to rip through a few of them. Evan Naylor wrote in and said, Hell yeah, this game is the shit. I've been waiting for you to talk about it. Johnny Cage all the way. Evan, your avatar on Patreon is Glass Joe, and you've just expressed that you're a fan of Johnny Cage. We're friends now. I like you, Evan. Fuck yeah. Uh, and Dalkabi <laughs> VT, I have no idea how to fucking pronounce that name, wrote in and said, I can remember playing this with my older brothers and just nonstop spamming Johnny Cage's infamous nut punch. Ah, uh, memories. Fuck, I love that everybody loves Johnny Cage. I played as Molina, as you're about to hear, but I love Johnny Cage as well. Uh, Holmes wrote in and said, this was the first Mortal Kombat game that I played and the memory is a bittersweet one. I remember on release day going to Toys R Us first thing when they opened to get this game with my dad. I was so excited to play it when I got home that I didn't notice that my grandma was visiting my house as I blasted through the door and ran upstairs to play. I was at the end of my second match. The narrator said, finish him. I landed a vicious uppercut, spraying blood everywhere with a grin on my face. And from behind me, I hear, oh, dear Jesus, what kind of devil game are you playing? 
Fast forward a week's worth of after-school Bible study classes, and I was finally given my cartridge back. Decades later, I still find myself checking over my shoulder occasionally when I play a fighting game. It's funny you say that, Holmes, because this was the one fighting game we owned as a kid, as I'm going to get into in a minute in the podcast. And it's no way, like, my mom and dad wouldn't let me watch Beavis and Butthead. I wasn't allowed to watch Red and Stimpy. We were in a religious house. But there's no way they would have given me access to Mortal Kombat 2 if they fucking knew what it was. No way so that story just rung true to me i fucking get that 100 i never yeah i don't know why i was allowed to play this game there's no way they knew uh my boy todd wrote in and said bro the hype around this game was fucking massive i clearly remember all the kids in my neighborhood getting together on weekends and pulling all-nighters playing this game i had the sega version and my other mate had the super nintendo version so it was always a competition on who had the better version good times so i'm curious what the better version is and i'm not trying to wag my super nintendo flag but my understanding is the super nintendo version is better but i don't know don't yell at me guys i don't know i just i don't know uh and backdraft delta wrote in and said mortal Kombat 2 i loved the advertising the hand-drawn concept art that was included in all the gaming mags i drew hundreds of Raiden, Kang, Sub-Zero, etc. It got me into drawing way more, developed my love of the art of game design and character modeling, back when you could tell a story with simply how a character looked. I like that that story a lot, because I used to draw a lot of video game characters when I was a kid too. Uh, Difference is, I didn't get more into drawing, I realized I sucked and I stopped. But uh, I do remember all the art from Mortal Kombat 2 was fucking everywhere back then. And they do have badass looking characters. I agree with that 100%. So many memories from you guys this week. Thank you so much. I couldn't read them all on the show, but I love reading them every week while I prep. This is my favorite part to read to myself while I prep the podcast is your gaming memories. Ah, fucking awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's talk Mortal Kombat 2. That's what you're here for. I'm going to cue up that Mortal Kombat 2 music. And when it stops, my buddy Mike the Ref and I are going to talk Mortal Kombat 2, which originally released in North America in arcades on April 3rd, 1993. Holy fuck, we're old. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, so uh, joining me via the blank phone this week, returning to the podcast by and I, you know what, Mike? I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I and I and it's not because it sounds so uh, insane that I'm making it up. I just want you to know that like I'm not kissing your ass. This is absolutely true. Back by popular demand, and I have the messages to prove it. No, no, no. I swear to God. Go on. Yeah, I swear I have messages. Were you? This is my buddy Mike the Ref is my guest this week. Mike, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm just I'm just trying to smell all the, you know, what you're trying to trying to feed me here. <laughs> no, I, don't, no. I don't really believe it a whole lot. Dude, I have no reason to lie to you. I'm telling you the truth, man. If you guys don't remember, Mike was my guest on the Killer Instinct episode. And uh, I swear, I got several comments from people. I can send, I'll send you, I'll send it to you after the show. And they were like, "Hey, that was really great. I enjoyed your guest. He sounded very insightful." And I swear, one of them said he made up for your lack of knowledge about that game, which was Killer Instinct. And I was like, "Yes." And I've said it all along. That's the motto of Remember the Game. I'm not talented. I surround myself with talented people. <laughs> And I just ride all their coattails. And you guys, for all of you that haven't figured it out yet, that's how you get ahead in life, kids. 
You just ride coattails, and that's what I'm doing. And not only you always go ahead. What? I was gonna say you always surround yourself with people that know more than you. Exactly, and it's just like fuck story of my life. It's been very easy to do from a fucking young age. Uh, but this one is different because I had Mike the ref on when we talked Killer Instinct. Because as any longtime listeners of the podcast know, fighting games are not really my forte. They're also the genre of game I respect the most because I I understand what goes into figuring out these games. I just don't have the chops to figure it out. So Mike came on and we talked Killer Instinct, uh, Kill Instinct, Killer Instinct, and my <laughs> Killer spinoff Killer Instinct. Uh, and Mike basically yes. <laughs> carried that podcast. And today we're talking Mortal Kombat too. And here's the thing. And Mike, I know I'm rambling. I'm gonna give you the mic. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor here in a second. But I just wanted to say, no, by all means, to all of you that are like Adam, you need to talk more fighting games. You all know I can't talk more fighting games. I don't play them. I'm terrible at them. I don't get them. Mortal Kombat Two is the one exception to that rule. Not in the sense of I get it because I still don't get it. I still suck at this game. But I owned this game as a kid on the Super Nintendo, and I played a fucking ton of this game. I'm telling you all right now, Melina is my girl, and if you were to challenge me to a uh -huh. fight in a fighting game, I only get to use Melina from Mortal Kombat 2, and you have to use the broken controller. And if we put both of those together, I have a chance. Because I used to play so much with Melina. Mike, I fucking, I really like this. I, And I don't say this about fighting games very much, but I really like this video game. I really yeah this this game here actually uh well compared to mortal kombat one it's absolutely fantastic to play and here's a funny story for you this is actually going to call back to one of your previous episodes that you guys should listen to yeah i'm full of the cheap puns for you as well here <laughs> i actually never owned this game the, the way i got to play it is i bought the strategy guide like the move list for this game Wow. And I came around and I'm like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Well, I have this book. Can I play? Oh. And that's and that's how I got a chance to uh got a chance to play this at people's houses. Most of the time it was in the arcade. Yeah. Which uh is a different experience on itself, but at the same time, this game for me. It was infuriating but exciting all at the same time. So, and I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah. Oh, dude, very much. And you brought up something that was like right at the top of the list of things that I wanted to bring up. And I'm curious if I mean maybe guides were the answer. I just like I I how the and this question goes out to every fighting game fan listening to this podcast right now. How the fuck pre-internet did you figure out how to do? some of these combinations because I tried so hard to do Molina's like fatalities and friendships and stuff like that. And I could never make them work. And then the odd time that I would make it work, I would be like, how the fuck did anybody figure like find these? Like I'm looking like right now I have a website brought up and Molina's fatality get close forward, back forward, low punch. Who does that? Yep. Who stands in front of a character and just puts in random combinations of buttons and directions to figure out the moves? So I ask you, Mike, aside from buying a player's guide, was there like... A, I feel like this is the same as answers to Jeopardy questions. I've answered three Jeopardy questions maybe in my whole life. 
And I've always wondered how the fuck do people know the answers to these questions? And when it comes to fighting games, I've always wondered how the fuck do you guys know these combos? So I beg you, if you is there like a secret club that I wasn't a part of where these combo combos were taught? Or did you, was it the guide? It, it's not necessarily that. Now, let's get into fighting games 101 here. Yeah. I'll put on my, uh, my teaching cap right now and whatnot. When it comes to fighting games... Quite often when it comes to the special moves, there are different button combinations that you use. And it's synonymous with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. The SNK games out of Japan were a little bit different on what they would do. But there's certain ones where you start, when you do the joystick down, down, forward, forward, and hit a button. Right. Or you, or you would do forward, down, down, forward, and hit a button. Or backwards. And basically... When you're when, back then, it was trial and error, but you knew the basic movements. You knew that you had to do the, like to do a fireball, typically with sub zero, you're doing the, uh, the fireball motion, as we call it, down, down, forward, forward, and hit the uh, low punch. Jesus. And uh, when, down, down, you, forward, you forward, just, low punch. Fuck me. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, but you, you basically roll the controller, right? Right. You're just wiggling the controller all over the place, right? So yeah. it, it can turn into a button masher if you don't know what you're doing. But sometimes button mashers work well. Sure. I just never <laughs> got it. And, like, let's call a spade a spade. And I'm not trying to shit on this game. I really do like Mortal Kombat 2. I played a ton of it as a kid. I'm not good, but I love this game. But, like, people play Mortal Kombat games for the for the gore and for the fatalities. Like, that's why we're, like... Let's call a spade a spade. Like that's like that's the main event. That's what we're here for. And I just never biggest, understood why the fuck why not just make fatality like select? Like why not just make it a button so that stupid uncoordinated inco- uh, kids like me can do their fatalities once in a while. I never understood because that. You played sports, Adam, right? You played sports before? I tried. Well, when you play sports, when you win, you get that little extra sense of satisfaction when you win. I never what? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So when you when you catch this uh, this special combination and pull up the special screen, it's that little extra adrenaline of holy crap! I did that. Oh. I that, did, that's what it is. It, it fuck it used to make me so angry. I would make my brother play, and I would just like, and then when I got him down to like where I had him, I'd be like, "Okay, hey, don't move," and then I would sit there and be like. Try them, like try, like try, like try, and it was just with it. The all, I'm looking at her special moves right now. Her side throw, hold high punch for three seconds. That was the only move I could do, and I remember that very vividly of like all her special moves. And I just was like, guys, she gets so angry, and I and I just I've never understood it. I'm just like, how the fuck do you guys know these combos? How do people figure these combos out? Maybe this is why the guides were existed, but it just. I, I fuck it just to this moment sitting like are they still like this like when you play Mortal Kombat 11 if you want to do a fatality with one of them do you need to know like a nine button combination to make it work typically it's it's uh three button three uh buttons and a joystick move but the one difference between then and now now you can press the start menu or the start button come up to the menu and it pulls up your moves oh that's and then once stuff. you play enough time, like, for example, in Mortal Kombat 11 or 10, you can, uh, if you earn enough credits, there's like a vault area where you can unlock other fatalities and 
Okay. It shows you, or if you randomly, if you like, remember how you said you just randomly hit some buttons and you probably hit it. Yeah, yeah. If you do, if you do that now, it'll automatically say, "Okay, you got hidden uh, hidden fatality made," and then it'll put it into your uh, list of moves that you're about oh, to do. Oh, so once you pull it off once, then it it documents it for you and saves it, so you know what to do next time. Then it says, all right, all right, you found it. Here uh, you go. I'll just let you remind it next time. Okay. But with these, old ga- with these old games, no, not no. a chance. Dude, plus, like, we didn't have the internet. It's not like I could fucking hop on my phone. We, like, we didn't have cell phones with Mortal Kombat 2, much less the fucking internet. Like, I could have just pull out my phone and Google how to do a fatality. I would look them up, like, at the library, or I would... I remember going to, like, the store... And flipping through the gaming magazines and like trying to remember the co- like because re- I didn't have enough money to buy the magazines, so I remember like looking at the magazines in the store and trying to remember the move combination on my way home. Oh, so you're you're the reason they put the plastic on yeah, those guys, absolutely, right? absolutely. I am. Make no mistake, I am totally that guy. I I'm oh without question, I'm the fucking problem. I just so insane button combinations aside. Uh, I've always loved this game, and it's so funny because, like, I was when I was a child, I wasn't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. I wasn't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. Uh, my parents didn't like me playing Doom. They would let me sometimes, but they didn't like it. I have no idea how the fuck Mortal Kombat Two found its way into our library. I know I didn't ask for it. I was never into fighting games. I think my mom used to like for Christmas presents, she would buy whatever was on sale, like in the discount bins and stuff. And maybe that's mm-hmm. where I got my hands on this game. This was the only fighting game I ever owned as a kid. Uh, and I just have this like this weird soft spot for it because like I had friends that weren't allowed to have Mortal Kombat because it was too violent. And I was the one kid that had it. And I was always like, this is, I, I can't do any of the violent moves because I don't fucking know the combos. But it was just so cool that I had this game. And I have not played Mortal Kombat 2 in, God, man, 20 years. But you and I were talking off air before we started the show. Like, the general, and and maybe someone will be listening to this is going to yell at us. But, like, it seems to be, from what I've seen online and from what you were saying, the general consensus is that outside of the, the most recent one, which is Mortal Kombat 11, like, the glory years are the Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3 era for this franchise. Yeah? Well... Essentially, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3 are still revered today as pretty decent games. Not so much 1, because they were still trying to figure things out. Of course, yeah. And there, still, and there, and there still are some goofy things in uh, MK2. Like, uh, for example, Johnny Cage's Fatality. He uh, gives you an uppercut three times and takes your head off three times. <laughs> so somehow, so, somehow, magically, you grew three heads. Right. Little stupid things like that, and the the one reason why I was actually able to get eventually get a copy of this at home was uh, they actually included something in this game versus one that I could say that I'm trying to do that would uh, su- suppress my my parents that were watching, and that's the babalities. Yeah, the, the babalities. Yes. <laughs> so basically, you can turn you can turn your your opponent into a baby after you beat them. Yes, but but there were so <laughs> many special conditions, like uh, for babality and friendship, you can't use low punch or high punch during the last round. Oh, which if you are you serious? 
Yep. I was never able to make either of those work ever. Not once in my entire life was I able to make one of those yeah. combos work. Maybe that's why, and I never knew that. Oh. You, you, could, you couldn't use low punch or high punch, and then you had to enter a special button combination at the end. Oh. That was a, well, here's the thing. If, if you owned it on the Genesis, it was easy for you because it, it's like a pain in the butt that you had with Street Fighter 2. To alternate between punches and kicks, you had to hit the start button because there's only three buttons there. Oh, right. So that's okay. So is that why so many Genesis kids are like adamant that they want the six button controllers for the Nintendo or Genesis online and stuff like that? Yep. Oh, fuck. I never knew that. Oh, you poor Sega kids with your three button ghetto controllers. Well, the the other part is, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to hear about that. I'm going to get shit for that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, it's fine. We're, we're, they're like Saturnians. They get beaten up oh, a lot. They're fucking, uh, yeah, fucking Sega. I'd like to fatality <laughs> them. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the other, the other thing, uh, a lot of things that frustrates players when it comes to these moves here, and this is also another way you can get around it with the uh, Genesis controller. Um, you know how I said you had to use the controller to move and then hit your button for each move, right? Well, if you held the button, did your did your move, and then let go of the button, that would switch you between low punch and high punch kind of thing. Oh, I see. So there, there's ways they got around it. It would have been just smarter to come up with, uh, you know, a six-button controller. Yeah, which yeah. Which they eventually did. So, but well, go so, ahead. So I was just going to ask, maybe you don't remember, but like how many buttons did the arcade version have? Like did it have six buttons? Five. 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 It, for, this was the last game that had five buttons for uh, MK. The next one had six because they created a run button. Which oh, okay. I, I was ready to punch the screen. Uh, for, the <laughs> arcade, for the arcade, they had five, five buttons. They had high punch, high kick, low punch, low kick, and block. And that block button was the bane of my existence. Because I'm so used to, you know, if you're trying to block away from something, you just literally back. Normally, you just put the stick the other way, right? Right. Even I know that. You just hold backwards. Yeah, yeah. Or hold down backwards to block lower. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You push back. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not, more, not more combat. Oh you have Christ. to hit a block button. Holy fuck. I, like, I never used block. Maybe that's why I suck so hard at these games, because I never used block. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so bad. So, that. That's my problem too. And actually, uh, in the newer versions, 9, 10, and 11, it actually does give you some points if you uh, win and don't block. So, okay. Holy fuck. That's, dude. And like in this, like again, to go back to it, like this is, well, I was going to say this is when people are always asking me, why don't you play more fighting? Although, to be honest with you, nobody has ever been like, why don't you play more fighting games? Like nobody ever asked me that. And I think it's because everybody understands like, ah, these are just, these are a little over out of Adam's pay grade. Adam doesn't get these games. And I don't. That's why I like Smash Brothers because there's no fucking combinations for me to remember. It's just push a button and push a direction and then I do a move. But like, I, I, I love, like I have so much respect and admiration for high-end players of these games. And I remember playing so much of this game by myself just against the computer, like in the ladder mode. 
uh, as Molina and having so much fun, even though I'm sure that if I had played, like I didn't play it against anybody, my brother once in a while, but I'm, I'm sure if I had gone to the arcade or whatever, tried to play it against like actual players, I would have just gotten like absolutely shit stomped as soon as they realized that literally all I know how to do is the high side throw. Uh, but then I hear like well, stories like that. And I'm just like, ah, just fucking just, it's just algebra to me. It just makes no sense to me at all. I don't, I don't get it. I don't it, get it. It's like I was mentioning. It's like what I was mentioning in the KI episode. When it comes to uh, fighting games, it's all about predicting what your opponent's going to do and reacting to it. Right. Uh, the big thing about KI is it was always interloping. Like uh, you could do counters and whatnot. You have a smaller bit of counter you can do on this one, but it's not not to the same degree. Once you're caught in a move, you're done. Right. But, and, uh, and I was reading that, like getting ready for this episode, I decided to just read a little bit about the strategy in Mortal Kombat 2 because I, I didn't know anything about the strategy. And and I had read that too, that like, yeah, if you get caught uh, in like a combo or, or like whatever, like you, yeah, you could be fucked. It was just you, like if a high end player knew what they were doing and got their hands on you, uh, like you were finished, which is, uh, yeah, that's I what I like about these games because I, I wish I could do that. I respect that so much. That's so cool. It, it takes a lot to take you out right away, like you were saying here, but if you're caught in like a three or four button combination, like now more often than not, you're able to either what's called a tech or else, uh, or else a, a counter breaker of some kind. Right. In these old games, you never got that chance. Right. The, net, the best, the best way to fix your problem is to uh, get him after he's done beating you up for a little bit. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and, but the thing is, the health bars, while while they're a decent size on the screen, don't count as a. They're not as bad as Mortal Kombat One, but they still don't add up to a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you you make a mistake and you could be in a lot of trouble really fast. Like it doesn't give you a lot of a lot of runway for fucking around. No, like you you got to get it right early. Or you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one one combo. It, if it's like a five, five, but uh, five move combo, you could lose up to 40, 50% of your health. Right. If it's done properly. Right. That's so insane. you only got what two, two, maybe three chances pops. Right. That's Again. Fuck. Just fucking games are so, I, Oh my God. These gay, I, I would love to fucking like, God, maybe, maybe down the road, I might try to get like a, and I don't mean any disrespect to you, but I would love to talk to like a, like a world-class high-end fighting player and just be like, what the, like, what goes into this? Like I've had ga like, listen, like we all have games that we've played ad nauseum and like mastered and, or, you know, like a figure, like I, I have like a lot of Mario games. I'd say that about myself, a lot of Mario Kart games. I would say that about myself. Uh, but like, to, I don't have to play those against other people. Like to watch somebody have to do that and learn on the fly, get someone that could come in and just fucking murder them. And it's just to like, oh. like, I, like you and I could sit down and play this, Mike, and you could trap me in the corner with, with, you know, like with, with, with fucking, you know, Katana and just be laying a beating on me. And I'm thinking like, all right, well, don't worry. Eventually one of my moves is going to hit and then I'm going to come back. And you're like, buddy, no, you're like, I know better. Like you're not going fucking anywhere. Like you're going to be, this will be over before you realize what, what happened. Oh, oh no, I am, I am, I am the cheapest of the cheap in this game. <laughs> Cause I, I, I actually did not need um, I didn't actually need the buttons a whole lot when I was playing because I was using Raiden all the time. And you know that crazy dash that he does when he says that uh, all that Japanese talk when where he's going like, where he like torpedoes across the screen. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can just keep doing that back and forth. As long as somebody doesn't block, they're, they're done. You cheap bastard. You cheap oh, bastard. I thought I was cheap. I, I, wow. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, you do that. that. That is the ultimate in cheapness. I'll guarantee you that. Man, I wonder if there's a genre where there's more rage quits than fighting games. I would like to know that because, like, that would that seems like rage quit. Like that has rage quit written all over it. Just somebody oh, torpedoing and- back and forth across the screen all the time. Fuck me. Ah, I used well, to. Trust I, me. Go ahead. I was gonna say fighting games are the number one cause of. Broken controllers and rage quits (laughs) anywhere. I remember playing it with my brother sometimes and with Melina. I'm positive that she used to have like a a leg sweep like trip where she would like go down to the ground and just swing her leg and trip you. And I would just do that over and over and over and over and over and over. and Oh my God. And like neither of us was good, but I knew how to do that. And then my high side throw and fuck, he would get so angry. And it didn't hurt that like, from what I remember, if she wasn't the fastest, she Melina, if she wasn't the fastest character in the game, she was close. And uh, I always like Bowser in Smash Brothers is the only time I've played a game like this where I get away from using a fast character because normally I, I prefer the fat. Like when they announced Sonic for Smash Brothers, I was hot and bothered because I was like, dude, that guy is going to be the fastest guy in the game. And those are my guy. I like those characters, the fast characters. Yep. But Sonic is just too, I kill myself with him all the time. He's too much for me. Um, well, it, it's just like with me with uh, Smash. If I try, like lately, I've been trying to use Ryu and uh, Ken in there. Yeah, and it's impossible to use fighting game characters in a in a Smash game because they're used to facing one direction. Right, and they, what, dude, what oh my god, you're right. I never thought of that because they have all their fighting moves. Holy shit! They're trying to they're they're trying to fight, and they usually fight one direction. Now that they're having to fight more than one direction, it, it, it screws them up, but it actually makes it a lot harder for you to play with a fighting game character, whether it's Kazuya in from Tekken or uh, either one of the Street Fighter characters. Oh. It is absolutely painful. I never even thought of that. That'd be brutal. Side note, I just wanted to point out, uh, I had predicted Scorpion would end up in Smash Brothers. So, womp womp by me. We were, I, I just... Cause like we he, were hoping Sub-Zero, but... Like, well, I just, like, when I think of Mortal Kombat, the guy I think of is, get over here, or whatever it is that he says, and that's, like, Scorpion, right? But Oh, absolutely. Dude, it's funny, Mike. I'm looking at the roster of this game right now, and it's, and again, please don't mistake this as me shitting on Mortal Kombat 2. I like this game. But I'm looking at the roster right now, and it's like, there's 12 fighters. And at, at a glance, you're like, all right, fuck yeah, that's cool. And they're like, who you got? And you're like... Okay, well, right away, I, I look at my girl, Melina, because that's who I always, I love Melina. And I'm like, fuck yeah, she's mm-hmm. badass. But then you see Katana, and it's like, no, no, they're sisters. And you're like, oh, okay. But then it's like, well, she also, lo- like, it's it it's kind of just like a palette swap. Like, it's just instead of just decked out in purple, she's dressed out in blue. So you're like, ah, well, all right, that's a little kind of hokey, but okay. But then you see Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Reptile, and you're like, wait a minute. Cause like these are just three guys, and you all you did was fucking. I know it's not as simple as this, but it looks like you just right click saved as green, blue, and yellow. And then it's like, so what? These of these twelve characters, five of them are made up of two sprites. Sons of bitches. Actually, uh, when it comes to the mocap for this, yeah, that's exactly what it was. The same guy was doing two to three characters. Fucking. I mean, I understand. I'm sure there was like. 
they, there was money. They changed involved, up the weapons. They just changed up the weapons or whatnot. Hey, it's a hell of a way to save money on a fighting game. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, is like, cause this is, this is the second one. Right. And like, I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know how big, I mean, obviously the original Mortal Kombat was big enough to justify making a second one, but this is the one Mortal Kombat two is the one where I remember Mortal Kombat really coming on the scene. And like, this was when yeah, like, people knew about Mortal Kombat was Mortal Kombat two. So yeah, Mortal Kombat one was a hell of an introduction, right? But it, it still lacked that uh, uh, that that polish right. that we were looking for. Well, and it's the same as that, like with Street Fighter. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm I am really talking out of my ass right now, but if I'm not mistaken, the original Street Fighter only had like two fighters, right? And then four. Okay, right. And then the second one, they made it like with the full roster, and it, it was what it was. Um, well, so the first one is like they're finding their legs. Go ahead. When it actually comes, I know we're not getting into Street Fighter here, but the funny no, part but, is when, when, it, when it comes into the Street Fighter lore here, um, that game is a complete, like, it fits the timeline, but just barely kind of when it comes to Street Fighter. And to have all those controls, like, this is where you would get screwed up if you played Street Fighter first. Because. The button, you know the button controls for Street Fighter, right? They're like we've got we've gone through them. They're they're the basics there. Right. However, on Street Fighter One, the way they set it up is you have to hold the button down, do the do the joystick thingy, and then let go of the button, and that's how it works. Oh Jesus! Could you could you imagine pulling yourself from that game to one of these games? MK Two, Street Fighter, Killer Instinct, any of these? No. You'd be pulling your freaking hair out. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned how it's not a Street Fighter episode, but like to me, it's impossible to bring up Mortal Kombat, particularly back in this era, and not bring up Street Fighter. Like it's just they're so like I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Killer Instinct, not because I played it even a ton, but I always just thought it was such a cool looking fucking video game. But like I, I got to imagine that like with the with I mean. If you, if you were to ask a hundred retro gamers to just name the first fighting game that came to their head, I mean, maybe a few people would say Tekken, but outside of Tekken, it, it, it's like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Like they're the, they are the two, aren't they? Like, it's like, they're the two, they're Mario and, and fucking Sonic. Like that's the two I think yeah, of when I think of fighting games is Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Exactly. You're, you're pretty much bang on on it. Like, Mortal Kombat was the one side, Street Fighter was the other, and you could literally have fights about who would, which one was better with people. Right. And okay. like you would actually have actual Mortal Kombat for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> with the fatalities and everything. Um Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, no. but you never know these the, days. Yeah, but. these days. The friendships. They they would just pull out the friendships. <laughs> uh so I'll yeah, ask you that's then. It. Cause like I'll I won't lie to you like I I prefer Mortal Kombat and that's just because I grew up with Mortal yeah. Kombat in the house. But I'm just curious. Then I mean you've got a little bit more fighting experience than me by and large. And there's no wrong answer. This isn't one of those ones where I say there's no wrong answers, but there is a right one. There really is no wrong answers here. Have you got like what do you prefer one of the series over the other? For me, it it comes down to one simple button on the controller, the block button. That's why I my preference has always been to the Street Fighter series. However, more recently, I've been getting into more of the later edition Mortal Kombat just because 
Hell, half the people who play that game casually don't block either, so I'm not worried about it. Right. So, but in, in terms of in terms of the style, stylistically and whatnot, it really didn't get polished until later episodes. Like, I am a huge fan of some of the later games with uh, Mortal Kombat, like Shaolin Monks and that. Okay. If you haven't played Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks uh, for the, uh, I believe it's for the 360 or the original Xbox. It is definitely worth a try. It's, it was uh, Mortal Kombat's attempt at an RPG done right. Really? An uh, RPG, really? Yeah. Wow. Like a, yeah, like uh, they had uh, special moves. They had level ups. They had uh, the, your fatalities. They actually showed you exactly on the screen what you had to do. Oh, that's nice. Fuck and, that. And that's nice. You level up your... You level up your character based on one extra move they're allowed to do in the game. Okay. It was like a, it was like a beat 'em up slash RPG kind of thing. So. Oh, I see. Okay. And you have puzzles. You have puzzles to solve, like throw a guy into a catapult to knock some boulders over to open up this one area, stuff like that. Oh. So they okay? Because like I, like when I look at the two franchises and this is, I, I feel like I'm, I'm basically an outsider speaking to this, but like I was, I always interpreted it as like street fighter two or part of me street fighter was a little bit more cartoony looking. I know that it doesn't have the violence that mortal Kombat does. Oh, absolutely. It's I always, I always interpreted it as like a little bit more PG, but also a little bit more technical. Whereas I always thought mortal Kombat, and maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought Mortal Kombat was maybe a little bit more under-refined when it came to its controls, but you got all the crazy, like, gra- like I, I vividly remember the magazines talking about the gore and the graphics in these games, and then, if I'm not mistaken, Mortal Kombat 3 on the Super Nintendo only had sweat, but then there was a code where you could turn the sweat red or something like that when no, it that flew was off. What? Or was it this one? That was MK, MK1. Oh, it was the first one. Okay. Because I remember yeah, this and, one uh, had the blood and everything. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to remember if it was A B A B A C A C B. It was it was a really simple code that everybody had to remember. It's like the Konami code. Yeah, yeah. God bless the Konami so, code. Um, but like that was always the interpretation that I got, and I don't know if that's even a fair thing to say about Mortal Kombat or not. But I always looked at it as like it wasn't quite. I I always assumed the reason Mortal Kombat went as gory and violent and, gro- you know, as gross... I don't mean in a bad way, because I love it, but as gory and gross as it did with Mortal Kombat was because they're like, well, we don't quite have the depth that Street Fighter does, so let's give them something that Street Fighter doesn't, which is, you know, fucking people exploding and guts going everywhere and impaled heads and shit like that. But am I, like, I don't know, maybe is that right to say that, like, Mortal Kombat's not as deep? Or I, I, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I don't know. I... Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bit of a counter for you here. Sure. Now, Street Street Fighter to me was more of the generic everybody's got to fight in a tournament scenario, right? And that's basically what the story was. Right. It was eight of the best warriors getting in a tournament. Bison was trying to find the top get, top uh, fighter to recruit for his uh, forces. Right. Mortal Kombat one. Two and three was a complete story through it through the entire way. Mortal Kombat one was a tournament fighting against Outworld who was invading, and the rule was they had to win ten Mortal Kombat tournaments. They've won nine, and you take place in the tenth one. Right. Where where Mortal Kombat two kicks in is uh, 
Earth has won Mortal Kombat 1. Shang Tsung begs and pleads for uh, Shao Kahn, the ruler, to give him another chance to find a way to set up another tournament in Outworld. Because this game takes place completely in Outworld. It doesn't take place... uh, any of the uh, any of the seeds don't take place in Earthrealm here. Okay. So what what they did is they uh, invaded uh, they invaded Earthrealm and captured Sonya Blade and Kano. Because if you actually look in Shang Tsung's or sorry Shao Kahn's uh, by his throne, in this game you'll actually see Sonya Blade and Kano tied up. In the background, I do remember seeing people tied up. I never knew who they were. I do remember seeing that though, the people tied and up in the background. Th- those are the only two players that were in the original game that didn't get ported into this game. Okay, okay. But and then it carries on in three, where they just say the hell that we're invading you anyway. Okay, like so. See, I like shit like that. I just always. And this is from an outsider looking in, but just my, as a kid, at least like my perspective and the way I always looked at these two franchises was that I always felt like Mortal Kombat was trying to make up for shortcomings by just throwing in this gore and stuff like that. Like, and maybe I'm wrong, but that was what it felt like to me. Absolutely. Like when, when you were talking about the palette swaps here, which absolutely was the case, even if you go look at the credits, they show, this character is responsible for, or this person is responsible for this, this, this character, right? Right. right. They, they don't, they don't hide it, but to get around the, uh, the fact that everybody's palette swapped, they're actually looking at, um, they're increasing the guard, they're increasing the violence, they're increasing the reason for you to want to play that way. Right. Now, and Street Fighter, they went with a diverse set of characters because they didn't have to do any mocap for it. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here, all the basics for Mortal Kombat 2 are you got your sweeps, you got your uppercuts, you got the majority of it all set up for you. It's the same throughout the characters. There's a little bit of difference yeah, because of the special moves and whatnot. Sure. But it, it's all about the blood. It's all about the gore. It's all about the effect of what you do when you do it. Yeah. And, and you know what? I will say that, like, this is just my personal opinion. I like the art style of Street Fighter. At least Street Fighter 2 more than Mortal Kombat 2. I think Mortal, like, dude, I'm looking at clips right now, and I'm like, Mortal Kombat 2 looks fucking great, in my opinion. Like, it still looks good today. And like you said, it's all motion-capped, and it looks great. But I, I always liked the more Saturday morning cartoon look that Street Fighter 2 had over Mortal Like, to me, Mortal Kombat, again, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe people would disagree with me. And again, I, I don't know, but, like, my impression of this game was always... They're like, our game's not quite as good, but we're trying to make up for it. Look at how realistic our guys look. Look at all the blood and gore. And I, I like the way their characters look, but I I do prefer the the cosmetic appearance of Street Fighter than I to, to Mortal Kombat, personally. Having said that, I don't oh, think I... I don't think the gore, the guts, the fatalities, the violence would work with a street fighter. Like it would look kind of stupid with a street fighter art style. Whereas when it's, when they look like actual human people, like they do in mortal Kombat, it makes sense. If that like, do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like you're like, Oh yeah, I could believe. Oh, that. absolutely. Like imagine if like, imagine in street fighter, if like fucking, if bison could punch off, uh, I don't know any of the other characters, 
uh, Chun Li's head, and then the blood came squirting out. Even though it was like cartoony looking, like that wouldn't look the same, right? Whereas like with the realistic looking people in this, like it, it look, I think it looks super. I, it looks believable, quite frankly. As stupid as that might sound, it, it's I, no. That that's exactly it. Be, being believable is the key to that, and. For me personally, I like I like the fact that they kept the realistic game more hype more hyper realistic. Yeah, and they left and they left the cartoony game being cartoony. Yeah, agreed. It's like and they're that, not they're not they're not clones of each other. Like they feel like two very different video games. Not even in the way they control, but even just looking at them, they look so different from each other, uh, which I think is awesome. Um, and and it, and it allowed you to have a choice, like. Um, if you didn't like the hyper violence, which there were some people that didn't like it, so they oh, yeah. went with Street Fighter. Yeah, dude, I remember the controversies around this game back in the day, and people being oh, so God. mad about some of the fatalities. Like I remember seeing it on the news, and I, I got to be honest, man. Like I, I have to, to this moment as I as I sit here and record this, it's October twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. It's eight p.m. And I'm 100% sure that in like the 30 years or whatever the fuck it's been since my mom bought me this game, 25 years, she still has no idea what she bought me. Because there's no way. Like if she just wanted to get me a fighting game to give me a fighting game to play, she would have got me Street Fighter 10 times out of 10. There's no way she knew what she was buying me when she got me this game. Because like even if I couldn't get the fatalities to work, just some of the other basic things were really graphic and gross and some of the characters were scary looking and gross and like no chance i wouldn't let my kid play this when they were my like seven eight nine years old i don't think i would have wanted them to play this no not at all and like you look at some of the upgrades they made to some of the characters who they increased the gore like uh big goro in uh mk1 got replaced with kintaro who basically looks like um if you were on acid and you had to draw uh Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to explain that. Yeah. Striped, striped cat with four arms, stupid fireballs that uh, went anywhere, and a jump move that would catch you, unlike Goro's, that you could sneak around. Yeah. There was a nice little cheap thing in MK1. You couldn't use that in MK2. And I remember the first time I tried to use the cheap way of beating uh, Kintaro the way I would beat Goro. He just grabbed me and just beat the crap out of me. Three quarters of my bar is gone. I'm like, nope, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you then, like I've already said, like I, I, so I always played as Melina. I don't know why I gravitated to her. I've always liked female characters in games. And like I've said, I always liked fi fast characters. And Melina was so quick and I, I just always liked her. But I got to be honest with you, like my favorite character in the game is Johnny Cage. I love because like Johnny Cage reminds me of the Miz. Like I, I like I know he like he didn't back when I was a kid, but he does now. Like the Miz would play a great Johnny Cage in a movie. Uh, oh, absolutely! Like I've always liked the idea that you've got like all these like crazy beast mutant fighters that are just dangerous and everything that are fucking wild. And then there's just this like good looking, like Hollywood actor who's like, Hey, what's going on? I have a, I have a million. You don't even have any teeth. Look at my, I have a million dollar smile. Um, I just was, I, I, do you have a, do you have favorites? Like, is there someone you like or hate or anything in the lineup here? In terms of character wise, I, I, I love the uh, storyline between Scorpion and Sub-Zero because if you didn't know, this isn't actually the same Sub-Zero technically that was in Mortal Kombat 1. 
Storyline-wise, Sub-Zero got killed by Scorpion as revenge for beating up his family. So, his, his younger brother, Bihan, is now... Or Kwai Liang, sorry. Bihan was the older brother. He comes back as a different, different fighter, but that's another game for another day. Uh, Sub-Zero becomes Kwai Liang, who's trying to find Scorpion to get revenge the same way that Scorpion was trying to find a re- revenge on Bihan in the last game. Okay. It was a nice dynamic. It's a little confusing, but once you... Let's just say the reboot does it a lot better than the uh, than the original, of course. Sure, but sure. I, I love that. I also love the, the opportunity for hidden characters. Um, and one of the biggest stories, and I remember this, this was... Uh, this was an arcade classic. The fact that if when you boot up the computer, there's uh, a little code that comes up on the screen when you do your diagnostics, and it's called Error Macros, or ERMAC for short. Okay. Everybody swore up and down, left, right, and center that ERMAC was a character. Oh. And, it was, he was a hidden character that everybody was trying to find. They would do so many crazy things because you ended up having a character like Jade, who is, uh, is a hidden character that you could find just by, um, I believe it's, uh, you got to do something special at the pit or, uh, oh no, you're in the forest and you have to, uh, you have to hit your uppercut exactly at a special time or, like how the okay, like how the fuck do people find stage. this stuff? How? That's exactly it. You have to. It's trial and error. Oh my god! I it's, fuck. That's why I have so much respect for those guys that do these strategy guys. Oh yeah. Think of them. Like you were. I was actually listening to the uh, interview earlier today you had, and simply put, how are they supposed to know? Yeah. Like yeah. they they have to like. You can understand with adventure games, like, hell, even trying to do a game like Metroid Dread, like we got right now, yeah. that would be okay. But trying to do a fighting game where it's just randomly pushing buttons and hoping you for the best, Dude, and then you got to come up with a certain... You know what? Like, sitting here right now as we talk about this game and thinking about it, you want to know the truth? I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm laying on, like, a therapist's couch right now, like, confessing yeah. things. But I, like... I feel like you can chalk up my uh, aversion to fighting games to playing Mortal Kombat 2 as a child. The more I think about it, because I remember, like, I remember liking this game. I don't remember Rage quitting, but I do remember just getting so Sorry? frustrated with the idea that, like, I was like, "Am I just like every other video game I've played? Like, or not every other one, but like your your Mario's and your Zeldas and your and your Mario Karts and your Donkey Kongs and your Final Fantasies and all these other games. I'm like, I get them. Like I sit down and play them for a while and then I figure them out and then I play them until I get really good. And I never could with Mortal Kombat. And a big part of that was because I was like, I cannot figure out how to do stuff like friendships and babalities and, and fatalities and stuff. And I feel like maybe that's part of the reason I just got out of playing fighting games altogether was because I was like, for whatever reason, this just does. And like, I'm that type of person. If something doesn't make sense to me fast, 99% of the time, I give up on it. Like, I almost failed science my entire way through school. And like, I was not, I mean, I'm not a great student, but I'm like, I'm, I would consider myself 
average intelligence and like math and English I got right away. So those were easy for me. I never understood science. And so I just stopped listening and stopped caring. And it was kind of the same with this game. I was like, I just don't get it. And it's like, and like you mentioning this right now, there's hidden characters that all these like great players do and everything they can do to try to figure out how the fuck to get them. And it's like, you just have to do an uppercut at the exact right place at the right time. And I'm like, how, how the fuck does anyone know this? I feel like I missed the class where they taught us how to play fighting games. I just don't get it. Fuck me. Well, here's the here's the funny part. I wanted to bring this about bring this back for the Ermac story. There was no such character in Ur, as Ermac at MK2. Mm. But because because this rumor was so rampant, so so crazy with everyone, they actually put Ermac in MK3 and made a character out of him. No shit. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just just because of all the complaints and whatnot, and just trying to figure out how how in the world did they come up with this? It's, yeah, they just literally said, "All right, well we'll throw we'll throw uh, we'll throw another palette swap ninja in there." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> rad, dude. You remember those days when like you could come up with like a or you'd hear a rumor about a video game and you couldn't just look up whether or not it was true. So then you had to either just be like, oh wow! I well, like it would be like it would be like gossip on the on the playground. And you'd be like, oh well, I heard that you get this fighter by doing. That. I remember people talking about there being uh, a code you could put in to make uh, Melina and Katana naked in the game. Yep, that was that was that was one of the biggest rumors that they had was uh, the the naked code. I never and, uh, <laughs> fuck. I know that times are different today with 2021 and, and I, I don't mean to poke fun at, at, you know, uh, equality or, or feminism or any, uh, I'm not trying to do any of that, but it was just even back then with games like this, obviously we all remember the rumors that you could make Lara Croft naked for Tomb Raider. And it was like, and like, I'll be honest with you guys, like Tomb Raider came out when like little Adam was like 13, 14 years old. And like, that was all I thought about was girls and like naked girls and naked women. Like that was my life. And it was, I never understood the obsession with wanting to see these characters naked. I'm like, they're video game character. I don't get like, what? Like, it, it's like, yo, if you tell me that the Showtime channel at 2 AM shows a really staticky version of softcore porn and I might see a boob, I'm like, I'm fucking there. I'm like, I'm, I'm a 14 year old boy. I love that. But like naked fighters. And I was like, I don't, I, I gotta be honest. Like, I don't even care. I just want to see them cut each other's heads off. I don't care to see them naked, but that rumor was fucking everywhere, man. I remember that so vividly and people would swear up and down. They got it to work and then no one could replicate it. And you're like, you're full of shit. It doesn't exist. Shut up. Different times, well, man. Dude, dude, things haven't changed that much. Don't you remember hot coffee for GTA? I do remember hot coffee. for GTA. That's, that's, that, that's even more recent, right? Yeah, I do remember that. Fuck. Man, so it's oh like, man, oh same, man. same kind of boat here. Like the biggest thing when it comes to fighting games, and I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention it again here. You have fighting games and sports games are a lot in the same genre together. With yeah. the mere fact that it's always the same motion, it's just you have to combat either what the computer's doing or what your uh, or what the AI's doing. And it's just straight counters to that. Right. Yeah. Fighting it, dude, fighting games almost feel like, like I, like you can take chicken and you can make chicken like 10 different ways. At the end of the day, it's chicken. It's just chicken with different seasoning and di you know what I mean? And like, 
That's yeah. kind of like fighting at the bottom, like at, at its core, a fighting game is just a piece of chicken. And then it's just a matter of how do you dress up the chicken? Like, how do you make, how do you want to cook it? But it's still like a fighting game is, a, it, I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Okay. Cause like Shaq Fu is technically a fighting game and I have too oh, much respect oh, no, for that what? genre to fucking count that game. And this with, with all the respect, with all the respect, I, I know we talked about this. I, I know I keep bringing back the last time I was on, but no, it, it still applies here. Um, if you get a chance, Maximilian Dude, he's uh, probably the most well-known fighting game expert on uh, on Twitch right now. He actually did up a YouTube video where, if you just type in "fighting games or food." He spends 20 minutes describing every fighting series and what kind of food they are. <laughs> Shaq uh, Fu, Fu is like that dirty, greasy burger um, that you get at 2 in the morning when you're drunk and you'll and everything else is closed, but you do need to get psyched in your system. Yeah, that is totally what Shaq Fu is. Oh man, fuck that game. So that game is the worst game we've ever covered on the show with the possible exception of Mario is missing. And I think I would wait, even wait, put wait, Shaq wait, wait, ahead wait, of Mario wait, 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 So what you're telling me is you're still looking for Echo the Dolphin coming out on the uh Oh yeah, can't on fucking the, wait. Uh, Switch? Man, you know what? You make a fighting game with Echo the Dolphin as one of the characters, I buy the shit. I pre-order. <laughs> I pre-order that game. That's the game that teaches me how to play fighting games because I turn that dolphin into a can of tuna. I, I would learn how to play <laughs> that game. But like, but I will say, Echo the Dolphin laps Shaq Fu. Echo the Dolphin's 10 times the game. Fucking Shaq Fu is fucking piece Well, there's of also Mario, Mario is missing as yeah. well, you know. Missing's the one if, that maybe. Those two. Those are the bottom two is Mario's missing and Shaq Fu. Okay. Just, I was going to say, Mario, Mario, Mario's missing isn't that bad. Maybe we need to get Mr. McHugh back in the Hall of Fame. No, fucking no chance. I, I did a podcast I, I with him earlier today. And he fucking reconfirmed I, that he doesn't belong in that goddamn hall. Son of a Last bitch. time I was here, I tried to get him back in. I'm trying to do it again. I'm never. sorry. Fucking <laughs> never. No, you know what? And one more and you're fucking off the ballot. So check your all of you. This goes out to every... All right, listen. I didn't mean to go on this fucking tirade. I was getting ready to all score right, Mortal Kombat 2. But every single one of you listening right now, I get the messages. I see the comments. When's Mark getting into the Hall of Fame? Put Mark back in the Hall of Fame. And no. All right? And from now on... When people come at me and tell me that Mark McHugh needs to be back at the Hall of Fame, you're out of the fucking Hall of Fame. And if you're brand new to the podcast and you're like, oh, wow, they're talking Mortal Kombat. And by the end of this episode, you're like, this host doesn't seem like he knows his ass from the hole in the ground. When it comes to fighting games, you're right. And if you're wondering who Mark McHugh is, he's one of the regulars on a podcast. And if you're wondering why he's not in our Hall of Fame, go back and listen to the Mario is Missing episode. But no, he's never getting back into the Hall of Fame. You know what? If I ever pull off a fatality with Molina in Mortal Kombat 2, I'll put Mark back in the Hall of Fame. That's how confident right, I am some- that he'll never get into that fucking hall. Because I spent right, my entire childhood... What? We got some trading the to do. The fuck we do. No chance. I feel like it's safe because that'll never fucking happen. God damn it. Um, oh, now you got me on life goals here. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, I know that we made a lot of stupid jokes and you guys, this is what our podcast is. Uh, but I'm not kidding, guys. Like I, you all know that like, like I've been asked, when are you going to cover, cover like, you know, Marvel versus Capcom and stuff like that. The, the truth is I don't know because I really just, I, I struggle really hard on these episodes because I just don't know fighting games and this is why i go out and get guests like david ray or guests like my buddy mike that have a little bit better understand when i say a little bit i mean a goddamn football field 
worth of knowledge over these games compared to what I have so that we can give you guys the games you want without me just completely embarrassing myself. But if I haven't made it abundantly clear throughout this podcast, I really do like this game. I did play it a lot. I have fond memories of my brother rage quitting due to my consistent side sweep or like leg sweep, leg sweep, leg sweep, leg sweep. <laughs> and then me asking him to stand there, even though he's lost. And he's just, because remember you get beat up to the point where you do the like, they just stag- like stand there and stagger. And I would beat him up to that yep. point, and then I wouldn't let him do anything so that I could try to pull off my fatality, and he would just get mad. And then I would get mad because I could never actually pull off the motherfucking fatality. I, oh my god, I hate those combos. I don't, I don't get them. I'll oh. never get them. I'll never get them. They're, they're frustrating. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh but. my god. Oh well. Okay. There, uh, there, there's so much we haven't covered in this game yet, but yeah, we've been. Uh, yeah, we're at an hour of just rambling about this fucking game. Uh, I was gonna ask you to score it, but I, but you know what? Truth be told, like, is there something big that you could think of that we, like, as I'm interested? I just, I, just, I, I have nothing else other than I can leg sweep with Molina. Well, to me, like the the biggest difference here between this and one and two is just the increase in characters. Like, they actually got creative on the on the on the palette swaps on how how they were creating characters. Uh, they changed uh, old man Shang Tsung from a young guy to a, or an old guy to a young guy. And have you, did you ever get a chance if you were playing this to get to Shao, Shao Kahn? I did. Yeah. That was like the final boss, so, right? That is the cheapest. I'm, I'm sorry. There's one per episode for me. <laughs> cheapest motherfucker that I've ever dealt with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like seriously, one <laughs> hit with a hammer and you're dead. I I never one beat shoulder him. Shoulder block and you're dead. Yeah, I never beat him ever. I I was never I able rem- to beat him. The last time I faced him, it was about two and a half hours of boss rage in its finest. That's oh just my god. Non-stop fight. It's just that's the problem. That's the problem with fighting games. Once you beat, once you get stuck somewhere, it's not like you can go around like in an RPG and go farm something to build yourself back up. No, you're just back in the same fight again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like that was kind of the problem with, and I mean, it wasn't just fighting games. I remember wrestling games be like this too. And I mean, I guess you could even argue oh, that yeah. like punch out was like this and stuff like that. But like the career mode or whatever you want to call it, like the campaign mode at the end was literally yeah. nothing but just fighting your way up a ladder of, of pictures. Like that's all it was. And, and like, I mean, I guess I don't know what I expected. It didn't seem like that big a deal back then because it was just like, well, that's just what you do in these games. That's all it is. But you look back at it now and it's like, this is like you you put you put 95% of your development time into like the way the, the game looks and feels and plays. And then two weeks before it shipped, you were like, okay, well, we need a single player mode for those losers like Adam Blank that aren't going to have any friends to play it with. And they were like, let's just make them fight all the other, like just fight up his, this ladder. And and you're right. There was no way to like level up or or like if you lost, it was just well keep practicing, you know. And uh, I could never. I only ever just got get to, good. Yeah, yeah. Get good. I I never beat. I never beat him ever, ever. No, I I think I I I think I did it once, and that was literally because I was the cheapest MF on the planet. I just did your turbo move right. across the screen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, 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 as soon, and as soon as I got the lead, run like hell and hope that clock runs out. Yeah, yeah. Like I get that. <laughs> I, oh, I, like I get that he's supposed to be the toughest guy in the game. He's the he's the boss. 
But uh, but yeah, fucking just cheap garbage. You're right though. They they did expand. Like I never played the original Mortal Kombat, but in the preparation for this podcast, I did see that they they expanded the roster. And to me, that makes sense. It's just like Street Fighter to Street Fighter Two. Like the first game is just them being like, hey, let's see if anyone even cares. Like, does this? Let's see if anyone buys this. Like, does this work? And then when they see like, oh, okay, we sold enough copies to pay for a second copy, then it's like, all right, well now we'd better, now we'd better put some money. Like now we better try. If that makes sense. Like well, now, like now we need to, now we need to give them something that's worth their money. Well, they better have uh, fixed it up because uh, the way the storyline progressed, like I told you, they, uh, in storyline, they captured Sonya Blade. She was the only female in the game in one. So you damn well better expand that roster, get some more females in there. Or you're going to hear hell or high water about things going on, right? Right. And then they did by making two and making them the exact same. Just like, like making them look identical. And they're like, no, they're twin sisters. Yeah. So it makes sense that they look identical. Oh, I see. They're, one's actually a clone of the other. So yeah, that's dude. It, I, so getting ready for this. Cause I never beat the game as a kid. I never saw Melina. When Melina takes her mask off, she's horrifying. And I was like, Oh yeah. She's, ba- she's basically a clone of Katana and, uh, and a DNA of like the the uh, Tarkatans, like for what Baraka is. Yeah, yeah. And her and Baraka are like dating or something, aren't they? No, it's. Uh, or who's she dating? She's basically just. She. I don't think she's. I. I. I don't think we get into the marriage styles of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I could have swore that like when she beat the game, she was like. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought that she was like with. I, I don't. I never. I never beat the fucking game, so I don't know. I never beat. I don't. Fucking Let, let's let's put it this way. Each one of those endings is not canon except for one. So whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. And all they were were like a like, still screen or whatever. Like so. Liu Kang's ending is the only one that's truly canon. But dude, that's another thing here, and a lot of games didn't have this when you finished up. Every character had their own ending, even right. if it was a screen with some text. Sure. But their story was all their own, right? Yeah. It was enough to at least make you want to like, like, I mean, I didn't, I, I played this a lot, but I always just played as the same character because I sucked. But like, if you were into this game and you were good at it, then obviously multiplayer is the bread and butter of fighting games, but it would give you a reason to play through that campaign mode or whatever you want to call it with every player just to see what they're like. I, I think of Twisted Metal this way. I'm a huge Twisted Metal fan and Twisted Metal is the exact same thing. It's a tournament but it's to kill each other, but the winner of the tournament gets whatever they want. And you would play through the yeah. game with every character, like Twisted Metal Black, just to see what each character got if they won. And so like it, it adds some depth just to see those end clips for every character if you're good enough to beat it. Yeah, because remember, this game was on Nintendo and they don't know anything about a trophy system. Yeah, fuck, isn't that the fucking truth? Dude, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, like, I'm... I'm shocked that this game got on the Super Nintendo. Like, and and from what and and I am not throwing shade at Sega Kids for this. I might be talking completely out of my ass. My understanding is that the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat Two is the is the preferred version over the Genesis one. Oh if yeah, I'm, which is crazy to me because I always thought the Genesis would be way better. Excuse me, at this kind of stuff, but apparently, apparently, we Super Nintendo did this one better. Well, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. It's all about the controller. Yeah. Yeah, that extra button, man, makes a big difference. Plus, I guess it had the shoulder buttons, too. Yeah. like yeah. The fact that you had six buttons available is always uh, always a bonus there. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because if you were to, like, if I didn't know either anything about Street Fighter or this, and you showed me these two games, I would guess that Street Fighter was the Super Nintendo fighter, 
and uh, Mortal Kombat was the Genesis fighter because the Mortal Kombat game looks like 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 at a glance, Street Fighter looks cartoony and a little bit childish even, whereas Mortal Kombat <laughs> looks really adult, mature, and badass. And that was kind of Sega's mo back in the day. Like I'm floored that this game got onto the I'm I'm floored that this game got onto the the Super Nintendo. So actually, uh, I, I'm just doing the quick look. I know we're not about research here, but I did want to do a little bit of research because I, I thought the same thing. But the reason that all the blood and gore got into the Super Nintendo game is because of poor sales of of Mortal Kombat One on the Super Nintendo. Because because of the blood code and all that. Yeah, that which makes sense. Like I mean, I like and I get that too. Like if you're if like I mean, I was so young that I played whatever my parents got me for Christmas or whatever. But like if you had yeah. the budget to buy a game, like. And I think you could say this about Mortal Kombat even today. Why would you buy a Mortal Kombat game without the blood and guts? Like that's what it's that's what you're. It'd be like buying a Doom game without Doom. Like that's what you're buying it for, right? Like I, I don't. Yeah, else, exactly. You know, like I'm sure it's a great fighter and all that, but you're buying it to see the the fatalities and stuff. So that makes sense. I just like Nintendo. I feel like that just really shocks me because I feel like Nintendo would be like, well, then we don't want it. Whereas they're, but I guess this was the console wars where they're like, well, we can't let Genesis have the only version of this. On, you on wanted one. every, you wanted everything at that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that, uh, <laughs> when it comes to the console wars. <laughs> yeah. Before, before we score this, I, I, I swear none of the things I've said about the Genesis version were me trying to take shots at the Sega fans. <clears throat> this is off the Wikipedia page for Mortal Kombat 2. Sega, oh, here we go. Sega Saturn magazine was extremely disappointed with the final version of the Saturn port, calling it, quote, much worse than any of the versions seen on the cartridge format, end quote, as opposed to the vastly superior pre-release version they had reviewed five months earlier. So once again, Sega Saturn for the loss. Thank you all very much. Uh, if you're new to the podcast... Uh, the, I have a long running beef with the Sega Saturnians and we'll, maybe someday I'll dedicate a whole episode to explaining where it came from. But, uh, well, and, and personally guys, like I'm a, I'm a Saturn sympathizer to me. Basically it was just a bad deal that they got. So, I mean, it was, but doesn't mean I'm not still going to, you know what? Fucking, I hear about it when the Montreal Canadiens lose. I hear about it when Tampa Bay Rays lose. I hear about it when the Denver Broncos lose. I hear about it every time I mispronounce a fucking word. I hear about it when I suck at video games. I'm going to make sure you guys hear about it when I see it. I didn't even plan to read that. I was just on the Wikipedia page getting ready to wrap this up. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, bet your ass I'm reading that fucking comment on this podcast. Oh, that felt good. Um, I can just imagine, yep. Anyway, all right. Well, we're going to score this thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of what this, you know what? There's 12, there's 12, uh, originally 12 playable characters. So we're going to score out of 12. So on a scale of one to 12, you're not counting the, you're not, you're not scoring the Sega Saturn version. Score one of the versions that works. What would you give <laughs> Mortal Kombat to Mr. Mike, the ref? I would give it a nine, a nine out of 12. It's, it's a serviceable game. I would, uh, I would say try uh, try two, try three. One is really basic for you. Um, but try the second generation as well. Okay, I was okay. Okay, I just I'm gonna give it like a yeah. I'm gonna give it a nine as well because it's like the one fighting game that I I Melina gets it eight points. 
And then I'll give it an extra point for the fatalities in Johnny Cage, even though I can't do them. I would give it a 10, but I, I never, if I'd ever in my life pulled off a fatality, it would get a 10, but I never pulled one off. The one thing I wanted All to right, ask well, you before we wrap this up trading but anyway yeah yeah (laughs) the one thing i wanted to ask you before we wrap this up if somebody wanted to try if someone was brand new and like assume that the blood and guts doesn't matter i'm not saying it's like a kid and they shouldn't play mortal assuming they're that playing mortal Kombat is okay for them would you recommend that they start with mortal Kombat 2 or 3 like the classics or because you and i were talking about it i was reading an article right before we started this that ranked the Mortal Kombat games and it had the current one, Mortal Kombat 11 at number one all time, the best Mortal Kombat ever followed by Mortal Kombat two. So I'm just curious, would you recommend to somebody just hop into Mortal Kombat 11 or would you say, if you're only going to play one, go back and play the old ones? I'm going to qualify this as you just can't play just one. Um, they're, they're grouped together in certain, uh, certain brackets here. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first bracket's one through three. Then you got uh, four that's a little janky, five. Like the 3D world's a little janky here outside of Shaolin Monks, which is a whole different ball of wax in a game that you should have to, you should cover for the podcast here because I think you really enjoy it. And then once they do the reboot with 9, 10, and 11, I would recommend going into 9, 10, or 11. Like 11 is one of the most popular in terms of sales. I think it's mainly because, well, um, they had it for 20 bucks there for a long time here, yeah, uh, just recently. It's on sale all the time. But, but going to one of those games, because they do have a training mode. Oh, okay. That's and, appealing. And now, especially with 9, they will go from right from the very start. Your simple move forward, move back, and all that. Right. Even parry, special moves. And it'll give you a list of all the special moves that they have. If you want to jump back to these classics, the moves are there. There's just not as many. And the timing is a lot more precise. So if you start on start on 9, 10, or 11, it'll give you a little bit of gift. Not much more, but still a, a decent amount of give that you can actually, it's actually playable for you. Okay. And then when you go back, when you go back, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but not as much as, just trying to go in there raw and get your ass handed to you multiple times. Right. Dude, I got to be honest. I think it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm probably never going to play Mortal Kombat 11, but it's pretty rad to see that like so many games just fall off and then never come back. And it's so rad to see like people saying Mortal Kombat 11 might be the best game in the series. And as from what I understand, people really like Street Fighter 5 and like Crash Bandicoot just came back. And I will definitively as a Crash Bandicoot say that Crash Bandicoot 4 is the best Crash Bandicoot game ever made. And seeing some of these franchises come back or maybe they lost their way and now all of a sudden like they're completely reinvigorated and they've got their shit together. That's great. I love the idea that like maybe 20 years from now, some kid who's like 10 years old right now and sucks at Mortal Kombat 11 but keeps playing it anyway is going to do a podcast just like this and sit down and be like, I like this one because it was the one I had as a kid and I could do one move really, really well. Like it's rad to just see that like these all these old like I guess what I'm trying to say is it's nice to some of these old franchises aren't dead. That's all I'm trying to say. Like I, I want a new F zero so bad. And it's like to see some games like a, like a mortal Kombat still be around to be like, no, not only are they around, but they're like, they're fucking flying right now. That's good stuff. I like it. Makes me happy. So I know we're, I know we're not talking about mortal Kombat 11 here. And I know this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, but 
anybody who's listening to this episode that enjoys fighting games has probably already played Mortal Kombat 11. And uh, basically, at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, they're they're preparing you to reboot the entire series. So they're actually going to be doing another reboot eventually with this franchise. Oh, wow. Okay. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, maybe. Maybe that's awesome. (laughs) We'll see. uh, You you know know what? Like... uh, Apparently, they're going to be using a lot of the similar characters from the past. Like, there's a lot of lore in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there is. That's the weird thing here. Like, from comic books to the video games to the movies that have come out now, both animated and, well, that live action piece of, (laughs) I don't know what the hell you want to call it, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) uh fucking video game movies fucking ah they're the bane of our fucking existence um mike this was fun buddy thanks very much for coming back on the show and uh thanks for carrying me through yet another podcast man i appreciate it very much um before we before we sign this off you're a busy guy where can people find your workings should they want to work or find your workings well, we just actually expanded because everything's been going so gangbusters. Um, I work with Backbreaker Media. That's our that's my parent group that I have. Uh, because we cover both pro wrestling and video games, and the video game side has grown so much, we actually have uh, opened a new brand called Backbreaker Gaming. So if you guys go on YouTube, we don't have enough subscribers to get the custom URL yet. We're working towards that. So hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we get that. Uh, just look up backbreaker gaming on uh, YouTube. You'll see a nice uh, old guy giving a backbreaker to a guy and a nice logo and whatnot. Give us a sub. We, we show at least four different videos every week. And I'm on Twitch at least three days a week. Uh, Mike, the ref dot live or twitch.tv slash Mike, the ref. And that information. And I, no, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, that. No, no. By all means. I was, I was just gonna say I, I do watch along for uh, AEW. I know that you've popped on a few times to watch those. I have. And, uh, as well, I do a lot of play alongs here. And when I find out this is gonna get released, I'm actually gonna throw a little bit of Mortal Kombat on the stream, so you guys get a bit of a feel. I'm trying to find if I can uh, find some more of the original copies and. I'm really dying to get that Shaolin Monks. I really want you to do that. I, I, I want you to do that for a review of the show here. It is, you, you would absolutely love it if you, if you like to play MK2 just for the characters. The fact that Shaolin Monks was also like a, a beat-em-up RPG scrolling game, a puzzle game all in one. It wasn't just a fighting game. I think you would really enjoy it, and I think it's one of those games that you're gonna have to throw on here eventually. So. Yeah, that sounds cool. Oh fuck, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have like I realize now as like as we're slowly creeping up on 200 episodes, I'm gonna have to throw just about every fucking video game ever on here eventually. Like I am gonna at some well, point I'm gonna run out, but that actually does sound kind of like my jam. So, uh, and it, you guys, I, I'm gonna make sure I have a note here too. I'm gonna make sure to have all of Mike's info in the description of this podcast as well. So if you want to find any of it, you can just check out the description. And uh, I say this without, like, I've not been paid to say this or anything like that. Um, Mike and Backbreaker Media are, are official friends of Remember the Game Industries. And, like, part of the reason we've grown so much is due to the consistent support that they have shown us. Like, they've been so fucking rad for us. 
So just show them a little bit of love, toss them a sub over on the old YouTube box, get into those numbers, check out their content. We all know, I know there's a ton of content creators that listen to this. Fucking man, getting noticed is is nine tenths of the battle when it comes to fucking creating content. So show them a little bit of love and because uh, God knows they've shown us enough. God knows. So, so. Adam, I'm just writing this out here. Is that a money order or a check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could pay it to the order of cash, that'd be fucking great. I appreciate that. Uh, Mike, <laughs> thanks a lot for doing this, brother. I really appreciate it, man. No, thank you. And uh, can't wait to do the, do the next one up in line here for us. You got it. Shout man. out to all the fighting game fans. Yes, shout out to all the fighting game fans. I admire and I'm envious of you very, very much. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Mike, thank you so much for giving me a call and carrying my ass through a podcast about a fighting game by talking Mortal Kombat 2. And to every single one of you hot dogs out there listening right now, whether this is your first episode or your 172nd episode, thank you so much for the support. October was a record-shattering month for us. It was incredible, both as far as downloads go and Patreons. It feels like every month we're just crushing records from the past month. We're growing like a weed. I really appreciate it, and it wouldn't happen without all of your support. So thank you. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a good review somewhere. If you could, maybe that'd be cool. It would help us. Or throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. I'm offering so much value. It's ridiculous. I This is my full-time job now. I'm giving as much value as I can for your money. You can get extra podcasts, exclusive videos, live streams, Let's Plays, more shout-outs. You can join our Discord, which is really fun and non-toxic at all. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. It's rad. Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. We have tiers of all different budgets. I'm sure we have something that'll help you out. You get some extra podcasts and you help keep me talking into this microphone, which is what I love to do. Uh, And don't forget to check out Mike the Ref's information. He plugged it at the end of his podcast, but his info is in the description of this podcast as well. He's a great guy, a longtime friend of the show, great supporter, great content creator. He's a great streamer. He's great. He's fucking awesome. I love that guy. And and he's raising money for charity right now. You can find all of that in the description box of this podcast. I highly recommend you show him a little bit of love. Tell him, remember the game sent you. It won't get you anything, but it would make me feel good. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Expansion Pass, where we'll be talking about the Steam Deck. I'll be back on Friday, where we'll be it'll be Game Patch, where we'll be talking about all the biggest news in the world of video games. Uh, I'll be taking the weekend off, and I'll be back next week with a whole nother slab. A big, fat, juicy slab of podcasts for you guys, including the long-awaited Tomb Raider episode, episode 173. We'll be talking Tomb Raider from the PS1 with my friend Kate. So that's coming next week. But thanks, everybody. I'm going to shout out some Patreons and get out of here. I will talk to you all again soon. You're the best. Love you guys. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I couldn't produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. So I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone that supports us at the Executive Junior Vice President level or higher over at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So a huge thank you to Dave, Makeshift Money, Joe Buck, Ben Drinkin, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs and his Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Warzak, Ashley Cronenbitter, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Luca Reskigno, 
I can't say that last name. K. Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Tin Smasher, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K., Dario Omen, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, A Town, Andre SJA Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J., Ryan Kinchin, Mike, Malo- Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Real, The Giraffe, G9. PSX, Tim L, David Schnatterer, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Chibs, Mercury 869, Derek Jane, M Felf, K Fabe 5150, Wolfgang Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, Mandingo 2021, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Carmichael Nick. Nicholas Squints, 10 Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chaudy Lottie, Dan Wagner, Candido, S2 Vaughn 5000, Jose E. Marco, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Astral Soul, Karth from KOTOR, Chance McCoy, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Joe Kirby, Captain N., Owen the Game Fur, Chuck Super Dave, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Stu Bergarek, Bergerek. Fuck, I suck at this. Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Chalupa Cabra, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, Bagalazino, fuck me, Hunky Canadian Bacon 69, Strife 89, Liam Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Chavenius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M., Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Jason Sika, Frosty Feet 492, Scott A. Baker, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken, Hulk Hogan's brother, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Adam Masher, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dolkabai VT, Tomicus, and Sean Dillinger. I'm sure I fucked about half of those up. Wear that as a badge of honor. Thank you all so much for the support. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Cheers. Goodbye. Thank you.